This is Season 2, Episode 10, Evidences. Hi, I'm Sabrina DeYoung. I'm a life coach, and I'm a member of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is the Perspective Detective podcast. Here, I'm going to share true principles and mind management tools to help you live in a more empowered way with you as the creator of your life. Let's do this. I don't know why I decided to make the title of this plural. Evidence is much easier to say than evidences. <laughs> but anyhow, um, I thought of this because of a course that I'm taking. It's called The Mission Driven Mom. I've talked a little bit about it before. I think of it as liberal arts meets self-development. But the, the real focus in the course is understanding and finding true principles and governing your life by them, by true principles. Anyway, in that course, my teacher posed the question, is there such thing as false evidences? Which then made me think about, well, what is evidence anyways? How, how can I know if something is a false evidence if I don't know what an evidence is in the first place? So I just Google dictionaryed it and <laughs> found an evidence is the available body of facts or information indicating whether a belief or proposition is true or valid. And I thought this was so interesting because we are always finding evidence. But before we get to that, I have a couple more things I want to talk about. So we've got, there's like a difference, right, between absolute truths, such as natural law, and what is true for you, which would be our personal belief systems, which ultimately are the ones that create our results. That would be, again, like just putting in different words, the difference between circumstances and thoughts or science and story. But the evidences that we more often get held up on, the ones that actually move us to action, and the evidences that actually create our results, are the evidences that are in our own thoughts, our stories, and our belief systems. It's not the circumstances. It's not the science. Interestingly enough, you want to know what else is science? Thoughts and the correlation to feelings. We don't have feelings if we don't have thoughts. Like our thoughts, our brains, our brains are so cool, guys. <laughs> our brain, our thoughts that are that happen in our brains, right, literally create the vibrations in our body, which manifest as our emotions and our feelings. So our brain is constantly scanning for evidence. That is its job. The brain's job is to prove to you that you are right. So we have this, it's called the reticular activating system, um, more commonly known as the RAS, R-A-S. It's just a bundle of nerves at our brainstem that filters out unnecessary information so that important information gets in because we have, I mean, this just makes sense, right? We have so much coming at us. There's just way too much information to take in, sights and sounds and, you know, just so much. There's so much, okay, that our brain has to have this filter in order to protect us from overloading, right? We can't overload the system. But the RAS is the reason why when you learn a new word, you start hearing it everywhere. It's the reason why when you're, I remember when we were shopping for um, wedding rings, when my husband and I were engaged and we're like, all of a sudden there's like so many jewelry shops, so many ring shops, so much advertising for engagement rings everywhere we go. Like they were always there, 
we just suddenly started noticing them more because it was on the top of mind, right? And the RAS is also what seeks information to validate your beliefs. It's the part of your brain that finds the evidence that proves to you that you are right, okay? And it's such a cool tool. It's such a cool tool, and we absolutely want to learn to use it to our advantage. But so often, I think way too often, we use it to our disadvantage because also the brain, a sneaky brain, has a negativity bias. And I was going to say I don't know why that is, but I, I do know why that is. It's because we have a part of our brain that is primitively evolved, that's kind of come with us to protect us, right? It's the survival part of our brain. We call it like the caveman brain. And it's there to protect us, to help keep us alive and out of danger. But we are not in danger as much as our ancestors have in the past. Anyway, I'm not going to go too much into that, but we do have this negativity bias, which makes our brain always want to be negative because it thinks that it's protecting us. Okay. So it's, it's okay. We just have to remind our brain that it's okay. But a couple negativity bias examples that I had thought of, um, I'm currently running a health challenge right now. And so this is kind of top of mind for me is I hear a lot of people say, well, I just can't lose weight, right? I never have lost weight or I haven't lost weight in 10 years or, or whatever it is. They think I just can't lose weight. And so of course, like your brain is going to want to prove that that is true. It's going to be like, I have insulin resistance and I just can't not eat ice cream or I just like, I just have no self-control. Like brain is going to come up with all these reasons why you just can't lose weight. And and you're going to believe it and you're going to think it's true and it's going to stop you from actually from actually trying. Another one that I thought of was Christmas stinks. Um I used to think this for a long time like Christmas is the worst and I was Scrooge. And <laughs> I would think like I never get what I want. There's just really high suicide rates around Christmas time. It's so it's just cold and it's stressful and you know, there's just too many, there's too much chaos and the kids are all home and I just spend a lot of money and then I have like have to recover from it. And, you know, there's all these different reasons that myself and other people come up with that give evidence to prove that Christmas is the worst. And when we do that, we actually even block out like all of the good things as well, right? Because you our brains don't want to have a duality. It just wants to be right. Like I said, when we think something, our brain is going to come up with all the reasons, all the past experiences, all the things that it's heard or read or anything to prove that your thought must be true. This is evidence. It finds evidence. <laughs> So, but here's the thing, like you can totally work, you can totally work this in your favor as well. So the question I want to ask you and the question that I want you to ask yourself on a continual basis, like daily, like write it down. Does believing in this thing, whatever it is, like whatever thing that you have that's kind of, that's keeping you stuck, does believing this thing, this supposed evidence actually move me to become the person that I want to be? Or is believing this thing, this evidence, 
Is it getting me the result that I want to have? I think I always end my podcasts with be watchful and stay curious. And I always tell my clients and myself to question everything. And by question everything, I'm not saying doubt everything. Just question it. Is this true? Is this something that I want to keep? No. And you might be surprised. There are some things that maybe you may be surprised at yourself. So again, you are allowed to create the story that you want to believe and your brain, that RAS filter, is going to help you find the evidence that it's true. Like this is science, okay? This isn't just weird life coach stuff that I'm talking about here. (laughs) Okay, so I've got a couple parenting examples that I have chosen the story that helps me find evidence (laughs) that we made the right decision. And this was with my daughter, who my oldest daughter, who has an August birthday, an end of August birthday. And originally we started her in school immediately when she, as soon as she could go to school because she's super social and very smart socially. And so we're like, oh, she's going to do great in school. And she went to kindergarten before she even turned five. She was still four years old, turned five like the first week of kindergarten or second week. I don't know, whenever it was that school started. And she struggled and she struggled and she struggled and she struggled and she never caught up. And we're like, this is so weird. Like we totally thought that she would, you know, do just fine. And then um, the school shut down with COVID-19 when she was in fourth grade. And we also bought a house and moved to a new city. And we decided that this was the perfect time to just hold her back and to have her repeat fourth grade. And of course, she was not happy about it. And she still kind of rolls her eyes (laughs) whenever we tell people what grade she is in. However, she has thrived. She has done so well. We have chosen to look at the evidence in which this was the best decision that we could have made for our daughter. She's done really well in school. Like I said, like we've just gathered evidence of how this is the best decision, but we could just as easily gather and find evidence of how it was not a good decision because she does have a lot of friends in the grade above her and and she's had some she's had some feelings about it that have been really uncomfortable for her and for us that we've had to deal with and it's it's been a challenge but we continually tell ourselves the story that it was the best thing for her and our brains keep on finding evidence of how that's true so another example christmas again i was really tired of being negative about christmas Like I said, like I used to be such a Scrooge about it and finding all the bad things about it, but I decided to consciously choose that Christmas is the best. Christmas is about service. Christmas is about focusing on Christ. Christmas is the best because of all the lights and the music. And I just kept started just telling myself again and again, like, I just love Christmas music or I just love, I love seeing the joy that other people find in Christmas. And sometimes it for me in order to change my perspective on Christmas and to put on a lens that it was good to help me find evidence I would just look for reasons why other people loved Christmas and I would borrow that from them and now because I continually told myself that Christmas is the best and looked for evidence for it I totally believe it 
and I don't know why anybody would think otherwise. <laughs> it's like hard for me to even like look back and be like, oh yeah, I was the girl that hated Christmas <laughs> because I have found so much evidence for how Christmas is great. And yeah, it is still, it is still chaotic and I don't like chaos and it is still hard sometimes when my kids are all home from school and there's all of the things still that are not my favorite about Christmas time, but I have just gathered enough evidence that I've decided that it's just true that Christmas time is the best. And it feels so much better. Like I, I said at the beginning, does believing this thing move me closer to being the person that I want to be? Like I want to be a person that is happy. I want to be a person that is full of peace. I want to feel more peace and joy in my life. And so I'm going to give myself reasons to. And thinking that Christmas is the worst is not bringing more peace and joy in my life, but thinking it's the best does. It's so great. And let's even go to the first example that I gave that I can't lose weight. Like flipping your mind on that, like maybe it's possible that I that I could lose weight. You know, even just like that tiny tweak, like maybe it's possible. Let your brain like start to go to work on finding like maybe that is true. Maybe because so-and-so, I don't know, like your neighbor has the same condition as me and she was able to lose weight. Maybe it's possible that I could learn too, right? Or maybe it's possible that I could lose weight because I've been able to learn other skills in the past. Like I have learned things that were hard before, so maybe I could learn how to do this as well. Or I've done hard things in the past. Maybe I can be committed to this goal and this process of losing weight. Like again, just kind of tweaking the story in just a, even just a small way. Like I said, like maybe it's possible. Like we didn't just jump to like, oh yeah, I can definitely do this. Just tweaking it in a small way and allowing your brain to start pulling in evidence that that is true is going to kind of build up your belief system. And then you can come up with maybe a stronger thought like, yes, I do believe that I can lose weight. And then yes, I can lose weight. Like again, letting your brain pull in that evidence, prove that it's true little by little, little by little, then it's going to be so much easier and so much lighter. And you'll find so much more proof of truth. And when we think that something is true, it gives us so much more energy and creativity to actually make it happen. We are innately wired to want to operate in light of truth. That's why our brains wants to find evidence for the things that we think, because we need to be able to operate in truth. And when we are operating in truth or what we think is true, then we are so much we feel so much more lighter and free to be able to do the things that we want to do. The truth will set you free. And it's all just amazing. Okay, so I'm going to repeat that question one more time. Does believing whatever it is you believe, the evidence that you're finding, does it move you closer to becoming the person that you want to be? Or does it give you the feelings that you want to have? Ask yourself these questions. And try to come up with, if if you're not being the person you want to be, or if you're not feeling the feelings that you want to have, how can you tweak your beliefs? How can you kind of change your story a little bit to move you closer to having what you want to have, to feeling what you want to feel? I promise your brain will find evidence for how your new story is actually true. I promise. All right. Be watchful and stay curious.